0: This episode is brought to you by Push Messaging Gods Urban Airship. They can be found at UrbanAirship.com. And by Thinknear. Their Location Score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at LocationScore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc.
1: Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan.
0: It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 218. We're recording this live January 25th. That's Sunday, late at night in the year 2015. My name is Rob Woodbridge from TV, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. With me, as always... The Lord of Location, yeah. Mr. Khan. How are we'll you, buddy?
2: Yeah, uh, Asif Khan from the uh, Location-Based Marketing Association. Uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Um, you know, It was good to see you in person uh, this past week, Rob. Um, you know, doesn't happen that often. but That's It was nice.
0: It should yeah. happen much more often, you know? Yeah. I'm just not allowed out of my basement. <laughs> just not allowed out. Uh, oh. It was absolutely amazing. And you know what was so amazing about uh, seeing you earlier this week, Asif? You know what it was? The uh, almost fifty degree temperature swing. Ah, yes. In yes. my favor, by yes. going down to Austin to do it. Yes. Yes. And was- I'll
2: tell you, I went. I went straight from there over to LA, and it was like probably another uh, ten degrees warmer. So it was nice.
0: Well, they kept on saying when we were down there. Steve, of course, said this never happens. This is a an unseasonably warm day or cup, a cup of stretch that we were on. And yes. don't, don't worry, it'll get colder and it'll get colder. But I don't think that their cold and my cold are on the same level. No. No, not whatsoever. No. Because I came back up after I left you and I I flew back at a a stupid hour in the morning on Wednesday and flew back up to Ottawa uh, and got in at Ottawa at almost 2 p.m. Eastern time, uh, basically packed, picked up my kids from school, and drove down to uh, Lake Placid to go and ski for three days at Whiteface Mountain. And I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you travel so much. I am freaking exhausted. And I haven't been doing anything. I'm exhausted.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, it's tiring, man. And and skiing and kids and all that, right? It just drains you.
0: So the key is not to bring your kids. I get it. it that's
2: it. That's what it comes down to. Yes. No.
0: Yes. We had a I mean, blast. I mean, I skied um, maybe uh, 75 miles in two and a half days, like downhill skiing. A crazy amount of vertical, and uh, Whiteface Mountain is one of my favorite mountains of all time to ski. Lake Placid is such a beautiful little village. It is just, is it, I mean, I keep, I've been going there since the early 80s. Uh, my mother bought a timeshare there, and we've just inherited it, and so we had the whole family jammed into a, a timeshare down there in Whiteface. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I had a great time. Everybody but my sister made it out, but the whole family, kids, and dad, and all, it was great. It was great. Awesome. Skiing. Awesome. Awesome. You know what? I'll I'll tell you one thing, though. My father is 75 years old, and uh, he he will turn 76 this calendar year, and uh, just smoked me skiing. Like the guy, and I'm like, uh, my legs are pounding. They're still sore. I've been off the hill for two days. Anyways, it was a great time. How was your your extended uh, visit out west? Uh, You launched something, didn't you, Asif?
2: I did. We did. Uh, yes, the LBMA uh, opened uh, our newest chapter, which is uh, technically the Southern California chapter. Although we had our first event in Los Angeles, sunny in Los Angeles, it was beautiful. Uh, yeah, and and uh, the Wasserman Media Group, uh, which is a big sports marketing uh, agency, hosted that event, and we had a great uh, great turnout. And you know, a lot a lot of our our local members down there, the factuals, the thinkneers. Uh, of the world, uh, the Chalk Digital's, you know, all these kinds of guys uh, came out, uh, and it was really good to see them. I even had um, the the uh, Ryan uh, is one of the founders of Yo App um, yep. uh, on that on that panel as well. Uh, so that it it was really good. It was really uh, it was really interesting, and uh, lots of great questions from from the audience. And uh, I was excited about you know what what we can potentially do in that part of the. Um, of the U.S. market, so uh, looking forward to the next event as well. And, uh, and you know, just want to thank Scott and and um, and Gregor, who are the co chapter presidents for that chapter. Uh, they did a fantastic job. And Lisa Bregman, uh, who is is with Wasserman. She, if it wasn't for her, we wouldn't have had a space uh, to host this thing. So uh, all went well.
0: Yes, that's great. That's great. So another chapter, another notch in the location-based marketing association's belt. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. And what else yes. is what's on the horizon then? Uh, you well, are. Uh, I'll just highlight the next couple of
2: weeks. Um, <laughs> which, which is, what? Uh, do we have forty uh, yeah.
0: minutes for that? To to
2: <laughs> yeah, not quite. But uh, <laughs> there, you know, really, really quickly, a bunch of chapter stuff going on uh, in Europe actually, and uh, starting with on the fourth of February. Uh, the London chapter, that's London, England, will be hosting an event on beacons uh, and uh, last week you saw um, Jonathan from Iconomy was our guest. He will be one of the speakers at that event along with uh, Catherine Townsend uh, from Barclays Bank the, and specifically she was one of the folks who launched the uh, the whole initiative around uh, disabled people nice. and recognizing when nice. they come in. So she's on the panel as well. Um, and you know uh... Beam Ray, which is another beacon company will be there i mean it's gonna be a good discussion so i'm excited about that so that's february the fourth in the evening uh... in london england following two days the fifth and the sixth i'll be hopping over to uh... munich to uh... participate in the LOCA conference which is uh... a partner uh... conference the lbma puts on uh... with the german uh, uh... operations of the lbma and uh... so that's in munich and it's uh, basically two days of you know gathering all things location uh, and Karsten and his team have been uh, working uh, diligently at, at pulling that together. And then uh, from there, I, uh, I hop over to Stockholm on Monday the 9th, uh, we are launching another new chapter, uh, our first in the Nordic region and uh, really excited about that and uh, thanks in part to uh, the Canadian Embassy, Rob. The Canadian Embassy is hosting yes. that event for us, so, uh, so we're excited about that.
0: Canadian Embassy. And then that takes you till when? Like the middle of February? You're home for Valentine's Day of course?
2: I come home on the uh, I come home on the uh, I think the 12th or 11th or 12th, and then uh, and then it's the family day weekend. So I'm actually taking the kids uh, to. Uh, so I think I, I land. I'm home for the night. And then the next the next day, uh, I take the kids to the Dominican for a few days.
0: So. Just a few days? Is that that's all you're going for? Five
2: five five nights, I think.
0: Yeah. Five nights. That's good enough. So you yeah. are taking the kids and your wife to the Dominican Republic, and you're actually going to be in the city for Valentine's Day for the first time in in I think the entire time I've known you. Uh yeah. You're going to be together yeah. anyways. You're going to be together on Valentine's Day. That's good. Something
2: like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We'll, see. we'll see how that goes.
0: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I am, uh, that's great. I mean, that's the next two weeks, and then it gets crazy after that, and we'll cover that when Asif gets back from his vacation, of course, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, Indeed. And we're going to do this from the Dominican Republic and and Europe? Is that basically what you're telling me over the next couple of weeks? We'll definitely
2: be doing a show from Europe. Uh, I'm not sure about Dominican Republic. We'll figure that out.
0: (laughs) We'll definitely. I just have to come down. (laughs) We'll do a live show. I'll be down there.
2: Live show, yeah.
0: Well, if I could do it. Uh, that is it. And uh, so that's all you want to talk about for now? That's it for what's going that's on? That's all I got right now. All right. That's so it. it's, it's just a slight amount. And, and um, uh, you know, I, I watch your schedule and it was great to see. You know, one of the things that really surprised me about Austin, about being in Austin, are, are the number of companies that are mm. down there that I use as services or that I love as companies. And uh, what a what an amazing little startup community. And it's probably not new to you, but everywhere I looked, uh, you know, the site where the company that hosts Untethered TV, WP Engine, started off where we were just sitting. I saw their sign and exactly. Uh, anyway, I, w- I was blown away by the community. I got to spend more time down in Austin. How does that sound?
2: Do. Well, will do. Welcome, come down for Retail Loco. That's
0: yeah. it. I get to see. I get to see my good friend Worley again. I, I was just. It was an. I was a. It was a. It was a great time. It was too short, almost. It was. It was too short, but skiing called. So that's a good recap all right now we've got a a great show we've got our 10 stories of course that are coming up Uh, the 10 top stories that you should know about from the last couple of weeks um, uh, in the location-based marketing world Uh, we have a wonderful guest um, who is actually a story in the top 10 but a wonderful guest in ellie portnoy who is the uh, co-founder of a company called sense 360 and of course, we've got our deep dive—a big conversation around this concept that we're actually going to be calling this the need for more input or the need for more sensors. You will see it's pretty evident that we'll be talking this through the top ten stories. But before we get into our top ten stories, we have to earn a dollar, and it's actually amazing that we have this company. You saw them in LA; it's been a they've been a huge supporter back in the Ellie Portnoy days, and even on to uh, uh, ThinkNear of today. Uh, I'd like you to listen to this, and I'd like your feedback on how these ads are are coming across, because I'm trying to tell a brand story about this company, and you've noticed, obviously, that every time you come onto the show and you listen, it's been a different ad. So here is our sponsor for this episode, ThinkNear. This episode is brought to you by Thinknear. Here's Kate Walling, Senior Marketing Manager at Thinknear, to remind us what they do. Thinknear
3: is helping brands reach all of us on our mobile devices so that we don't have to think, and so that we have this helpful experience, find the solution that we need, and just basically make our life easier.
0: Part of making a great product is building a great team, and to do that, you need to create a great work environment. So what is it like to work at Thinknear? It's a lot of fun.
3: We're very, very scrappy. We're a team first and we're a business second.
0: It's fun from a technology perspective because we're using the latest technologies and good practices uh, for building software.
2: Our
3: team lives and breathes location. We actually literally dream about it too. So that's a joke, is the joke, and the obvious is we, we all have these crazy dreams at night about location.
1: We play Halo together, we play basketball together, we play ping pong together, we do meals together. There's a basketball court in the parking lot that gets a lot of use, there's the ping pong
2: table, and it's just a very social, collaborative group.
3: We also, we're a team that care, we care a lot about each other, and I think Whenever you're in a, an environment where you're, you're working hard and working at the edge of things, that always helps.
0: For our engineers specifically, don't let anyone schedule meetings with them in the afternoons. And for anyone who's an engineer and has constant meetings all day, they can appreciate that our engineers has six hours every day with no meetings scheduled. And they love that. Think near, where engineers can't wait until noon. And of course, now it's time to get to the show. Should we jump into these? Let's see if they Let's do it. Stories. I think I'm think, starting off. I think right? you are. You get. You drew the uh, short straw this time. You all right. There we go. So we have off. we
2: have uh, we have kind of two stories in one today. Oh, uh, both, you see. You see, know, I start. I'm starting off with two stories in one because there. It's 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 all about Microsoft this week. Uh, two two things uh, that uh Microsoft uh talked about this week. One is uh sort of they, they got all sorts of press around this thing called. HoloLens. Uh, So this is kind of you know a little bit of Oculus, a little bit of Google Glass and a little bit of their own secret sauce all kind of thrown together uh, creates something called Microsoft HoloLens. Um, It's an interesting uh, technology. So basically it's a uh, virtual reality headset. Um, It's got a new sort of operating system that you know Microsoft uh, has developed. It incorporates um, you know, some of what they acquired in, in the uh, gaming uh, company from, like, Minecraft and things like that, sort of all coming together. So it, uh, basically, it, it's, um, you know, it's not Google Glass, it's uh, it's placing virtual objects in the space around you, uh, so, so it's three-dimensional in that sense, uh, as opposed to you just seeing some sort of display. Um, it's through clear glass lenses, uh, just like normal glasses, that, that this happens. Uh, so it's kind of like a fictional world, you know, kind of coming in front of you in a three-dimensional framework through regular glass, if you will, um, and that's where things like, um, you know, the the Minecraft type uh, game that they that they acquire become interesting. So, part of this is is, is a thing called Hollow Builder, which is the application development piece that that you can build applications uh, for Hololens on. Um, and the Minecraft game that they've uh, that they acquired, they've incorporated that, and or sort of using used Hollow Builder to sort of transition that into an application that can sit on top of Hololens. Uh, so this is kind of interesting stuff. Uh, it's it's early days. It's not commercially available yet. They're talking about it sometime later this year, but they but they've been showing this to developers. They've been out kind of talking about this, and it seems to be getting. Uh, some fairly positive reviews we'll say. Um, so uh, you know, not much more to say about it at this time, but check it out, HoloLens uh, Microsoft's play in the virtual reality space. Now, what I think is more interesting is the other Microsoft story which is uh, some patents that they filed back in 2013 have finally been approved uh, for something called inconspicuous mode. Uh, so this is basically their attempt to remove notifications altogether uh, in in certain situations uh, that adapt to basically the settings on your phone. So in other words, um, what they're saying is they they can detect your GPS, your NFC, your Wi-Fi MAC address, all this kind of stuff, and they have the ability to switch it off uh, based on con- context, if you will. And so in other words, like you know, if if you're in a movie theater or a library and you shouldn't be these things shouldn't be you know distracting you or or, or notifying you. It can detect uh, kind of where you are in the context of the situation and automatically put the phone into this kind of quiet mode, if you will, or standby type of mode, um, so that you're not distracted by that. It also uh, has the ability to sync directly with your calendar, so it understands where you are, uh, that you're in a meeting right now, and that you, you you know you probably shouldn't you know so you so you don't have to go remember to turn your phone off while you're in a meeting. It does it for you, if you will. Um, that kind of thing. So it's kind of a really interesting uh, application layer, if you will, that you know that sits there and kind of looks at you know the context of where you're at and basically putting your phone into a sort of a quieter standby mode.
0: I like it. And that's a patent. That's pretty cool. And for the Microsoft Hololens, it's H O L O lens, not like Holo yes. as in H O L L O W, like a hollow promise. I, I like right. I, But uh, I think that you know, I think people were impressed. They were more surprised than impressed that Microsoft they came from Microsoft.
2: Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, and I think like we talked about with Glass, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago when when we heard, you know, sort of they've they've kind of uh, canned that for a little bit, uh, but it's still alive and and very much well on the enterprise side. I think there's some interesting enterprise applications here, and they did in the announcement around Hololens. They did say that uh, NASA has a uh, has a, a licensing arrangement with them for this. They're already using it as part of the Mars Rover program and things like that. So, uh, so there's definitely commercial applications for these things, you know. As it takes time to bring it into the consumer world.
0: It just dawned on me. Are you sure that NASA thinks that they're actually using they're using a Microsoft product and they're not actually using the Oculus Rift like they did with the old uh, <laughs> the NFL did with the iPads? Remember that mm. debacle? Yeah. They had a uh, they they used the uh, tablet the Microsoft tablet as a stand for the iPads. Remember that. So I maybe maybe we should clarify if NASA actually knows that they're using a Microsoft product or the or the Oculus. <laughs> anyway, that's, you that's go. Cool. Microsoft back a lead story for us. Wow. Wow. All right, our second story, I don't know anybody who could actually tell the story better than Chuck Martin. This is about ShopX X uh, actually giving away one million beacons, one million beacons. And we did this uh, for a Mobile Commerce Minute. So I will let Chuck explain what this story is. This is the Mobile Commerce Minute. My name is Rob. And my name is Chuck.
1: A million beacons for free? Uh, that's what's happening right now. Uh, one one company just announced called ShopX, X. Uh, they just announced that they're giving away a million, literally a million beacons, free to retailers in the U.S. And um, I, I spoke with the with the, the CEO just just before he jumped on a plane to South Africa, uh, Wayne Kyle, who's the international CEO, and he was telling me that. I said, why are you going to do this for free? He said, well, basically, beacons are being commoditized anyway. It's not about the beacon. It's really about the platform and the experience. And the ShopX approach is, uh, and he thinks, by the way, he doesn't know if this is going to take three months or three years to to execute in terms of the retailers. But they want to do very large chain retailers so they can do basically 1,000 beacons at a time. And what they're looking for is to use it for not just in-store navigation or, or sending product messages to people, like many are doing, but to actually connect the shopper with an in-store employee. That's sort of their their mission. And they have a platform that companies obviously would pay for on a monthly basis. So The beacons are free, but the platform is not, obviously. Um, and what they're—it's basically a razor blade uh, kind of approach. Get the free free razor, and you buy the blades later. Uh, anyway. So what 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 they're looking at though is basically jumpstarting the the marketplace. Now, interestingly, that's the the price issue in terms of uh, the the beacon. So the, the beacon can be free or low price. Uh, the reality is there's there's also the cost of beaconing, and this is training employees how, how to interact with these Beacon customers, uh, and having them under learn and understand what Beacons do and, and don't do. Then there's the strategy team, the resource of the strategic planning folks, the executive team, to look at what they are really trying to accomplish with Beacons with the risks of, of uh, harming a relationship with a customer and that's a very big thing. And then there's the app strategy. Uh, what do we, We're going to put it in our app, we're going to have it in other 30-party apps. Um, the, the, the good news in, in all of this is it's going to likely tempt some retailers to take a serious look at beacons. And, and anybody that, that doesn't do this basically could find out that it's, uh, it's going to be a lot more expensive not doing it.
0: And I thank Chuck for making that easy for me for story number two. And probably a lot quicker than I could have done as well. That's story number two. X, 1 million beacon giveaway.
2: There you go. All right, our third story. Now we just talked about NASA and Microsoft. Now let's <laughs> let's kind of keep talking about space, like space. Uh, so uh, a bunch of PhD researchers, three PhD researchers, in fact, in a university in Belgium. Uh,
0: you know when have, you start uh, when you start with a story with a bunch of PhD researchers, you know what you know what I think <laughs> about is like, oh no, like this bunch of PhD thinkers trying to build a business around space billboards. Jesus, like come on. Anyway, carry on. I'm sure that this is going to be a good story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Here you go. Anyways, three three university PhD researchers from Belgium yes. have uh, created something called Space Billboard. So basically, if you're if you ever uh, if you're a brand and you've ever wanted to have your brand in space, now Seems you can plausible. buy, you can I have. buy a, a tile, basically, on a giant billboard. Uh, 400 squares exist on this billboard. Uh, they're, they're doing this as a crowdfunding project. Uh, so basically, for 2,500 euros... <laughs> uh your company can buy one of these four hundred space uh tiles uh, on it? this on this billboard. In space. Uh it flies at twenty seven thousand four uh, no, yeah, twenty seven thousand four hundred kilometers per hour at an altitude of five hundred kilometers, orbiting the Earth fifteen times a day. Um yeah. And there you go. And, and, the, and the best part of all this is, is nobody can see this from Earth. It's so, good. Uh, so the only way you can see this is actually is through a website uh, that, that basically shows what's happening on this billboard and where it is. It's like a
0: representation uh, of the billboard. It's a representation it's of the billboard,
2: it. <laughs> but it's actually there. Uh, and I'm sure people from the you know, the, uh, the space station can see it and uh, you, you know feel 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 like you know really excited when they see that ad for Coca-Cola out in the middle of the. Uh, oh. Uh, you know, the space orbiting around. So uh, Microsoft, here they are again, it has bought one of these spaces oh on the billboard. God. There you go. So um,
0: so you went from, yeah. hey, Microsoft, innovative, scrappy startup, inconspicuous mode, the HoloLens, to Doofus, who buys a block on a billboard in space. Yeah. I, yeah, wonder, I, I wonder wonder yeah. what it'll be like. You know, can, it? 500 miles is, is higher than the space station, isn't it?
2: uh it's 500
0: kilometers 500 kilometers okay well i i just i i find that um i you know it's so much wrong with that um but yeah. i'm gonna buy a square on tether.tv because right. i god knows a terrestrial advertising hasn't worked for me so maybe space will do it <laughs>
2: You never know, Rob.
0: All right, so speaking of space and PhDs, maybe they're in Washington and maybe they've used this service quite a bit of time. I'm not talking about it. Actually, this should be like a weed delivery service that we should be talking about because people only think of space billboards, I think, if they've been taking some kind of narcotic or some kind of drug. But this is not a drug. Uh, This is actually Bud. Bud Light, our fourth story, uh, helping you get your beer faster to your home. The Bud Light button app for beer delivery. Does this not sound great? The only thing I'm pissed off about is that a Canadian didn't invent it. Like, we are Canada. Where's the Labatt
2: Blue Button Light? I'm going to
0: tell you, we're a hearty nation. Uh, We go out and get our own beer. We don't have it delivered. No way. No way. There's not a self-respecting Canadian that would have their beer delivered to their door, even if it's minus 30. It is a badge of honor. It is a badge of honor. But how would you like 100 cases of beer? That's a different thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so obviously Anheuser-Busch uh, is uh, the owner of Bud. They've launched this app called the Bud Light Button and it's only available in Washington DC because apparently uh, it is the most popular beer in DC, Bud Light that being, uh, and it is basically this is as simple as it sounds. You ha- download an app and it, when you, uh, you have to actually put in your credit card number, your age of majority, your, your ID and everything like that. But when you need a beer delivery, all you do is push a button, launch the app and push a button. Say how much beer you want delivered, cans or bottles, and it's dropped to your door within an hour. And you can do between one and 100 cases of beer. Love it one and 100 cases of beer and here's the other side of it is that there's there may be a surprise like you could be just like hey we'll have the guys over gonna be watching the hockey game bud we need some beer get the beer and you know what actually every once in a while they might shock you with surprise you You get some swag you actually might actually get a dj that drops by it becomes this full-on party and i just think that that's kind of ridiculous unto itself but I
2: wonder if anybody during in the Super Bowl that's coming up is going to use this thing for well, their for their Super Bowl party. Yeah, parties. I
0: think that the delivery time is going to be like six hours, right? Like a pizza yeah. delivery. It's going to be Bud and pizza. The, these things are the greatest combinations. I think maybe not Bud, but beer and pizza. So um, you know, this is this is a pretty unique thing. It takes like something like Amazon Fresh to the next level. It's beer delivery by Bud. If You just hit tap. It means you can be absolutely pissed drunk. And still, and fall face forward onto your phone and still order beer and have it paid for and delivered within an hour. That awesome. It's amazing. It's amazing. Only in Washington, D.C. Only there you because go. the millennials, only because you 20 somethingers out there in Washington uh, like your beer delivered. Shame okay. on us. Shame on us as, as a nation. It's an affront. Well, all right. Now,
2: when you're, you know, usually when you've had that much beer and your speech get, starts to get a little scrambled. You might need not be able to understand what somebody's saying. Yes. You know, there's an app for that. Do they app. have a
0: beer translation in this app? There's an app for that. They do.
2: No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's beer but, you know, goggles. our good friends over at Google, creators of Google Translate, which is a phenomenal service, uh, five hundred million monthly active users, by the way of Google Translate. Come
0: That's amazing. uh,
2: And I'm one of them. So I'm in the middle. I I think I might have mentioned this to you. I'm in the middle of trying to teach myself Spanish right now. Uh, And so I'm using this thing all the time so well i've got, I've got the Google Translate like on the web open beside me all the time as I'm learning Spanish over here because like the, I'm using Rosetta Stone and it's like completely immersive like there's not a single word of English like it's all in Spanish right <laughs> and so they'll show me something and it's all image based and 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 and, and speech based right and you look at it and they're like just starting to use words and like trying to get <laughs> I'm supposed to recognize it from the image and I'm like, but what does that actually mean and then I'm over here like on Google Translate right and it, but it's I awesome love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah, can um, you
0: say a sentence in Spanish? Yet? Uh,
2: yeah, but I'm not gonna do that. Okay, <laughs> Just give checked. me one more episode on that. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> Carry but on. anyways, um, so Google Translate has basically uh, got an app, and they've updated this app now. And what's cool about it is that it's, it now has the ability to automatically convert speech uh, to text instantly. Instantly. It's amazing. Speech to text, instantly. It's the universal Uh,
0: translator from Star Trek, man. The universal translator is coming online, sir.
2: Ugly. Ugly. Dying. Bags of
1: mostly water.
0: Bags of mostly water? An accurate description of humans, sir. You are over 90% water surrounded by a flexible container.
2: What's that? Yeah, so to automatically recognize if someone's speaking, uh, you know, uh, at least a number of the popular languages out there and then turn it into kind of just, you know, automatic uh, written text. So it's awesome. I love this.
3: The microphone a second time and then I can have a conversation with Vanessa. Alright, so then how's it going?
0: Está bien así. Entonces, ¿cómo te va?
3: No te entiendo nada de lo que me estás tratando de decir.
0: I do not understand anything of what you're trying to tell me.
3: No te está haciendo favores esta aplicación, más bien te está haciendo sonar como idiotas. As the application is doing favors, rather test sounding like an idiot. (laughs) Right back at you, Vanessa. (laughs) 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 To stop things, I'll press the mic button again. And now to change things up, I'll talk to Seth in Japanese. And I'll change the language setting from Spanish to Japanese. Then tap the mic button a few times to kick it into conversation mode. Hello Seth, how are you doing today?
1: Konnichiwa, Seth It is amazing busy today. I'm sorry man. That's close, that's close. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, I
3: hope they yeah. give you a break soon. Yes wa sushi ski
0: I like sushi.
3: <laughs> well, okay. I hope this weekend you get to enjoy some. Now, for our last conversation, I'm going to try Russian with Boris. Take a minute here to get this started. Boris, thanks for joining me here and testing out this app. Спасибо, что пригласили меня сюда. Thank you for me here. How's the so far? Хорошо. Как это перевод до сих пор? Перевод довольно точный, особенно с русского на английский translation, pretty neat,
2: especially from Russian to English. Uh, not quite available yet. They're saying in the next few weeks or so, uh, this will be uh, this will be out. They're just kind of uh, working out some of the final uh, final pieces around this, but I, I think this is awesome. I mean, and I travel all the time, you know, and, and you know, to places where like, where I was just in Tokyo, and there's like almost no English. Um, you know, this kind of stuff comes in handy for guys like me. Um, so, I like it. It's really cool. Uh, excited to use it, and um check it out google translate so uh,
0: I, you know i think that they're just holding back because they're actually getting the klingon translation language uh, that's right it, and, that's and it, i yeah. think they they got to they have that
2: they do i it, used to you know i was such a star trek fan back in i had this book that was was a translation stop book right there You should stop right there. no no i did i swear i had this book that was klingon to english translation i love um, it yeah see i find yeah.
0: this stuff out about you as well as we go through <laughs> here. 4 years into the show Uh, You know, I don't think I could even top that. Are you not a Star Trek fan, right? A huge Star Trek fan. Oh, Oh, my God. Come on. on. Like the original. Like the original original. William Shatner. Oh, yes. Come on. Come on. William Shatner. (laughs) And uh, and I liked, uh, obviously, uh, Next Generation. Um, But uh, I was thinking that these guys should talk to these space billboard guys to make sure that they are translating for all alien languages that can see the billboards up in space. Yes. I agree. Oh, boy. Google Translate. That is a very cool app. Yes. All right. Our sixth story here is we're going to be talking about our good friend, Ellie Portnoy. Now, you may have heard, if you know Ellie and his the company that he co-founded and then sold to uh, Telenav is Thinknear, our sponsors for the show. Uh, we really love Ellie. We love Thinknear. And uh, he left a number of months ago to uh, because the call of being an entrepreneur was so loud in his ears, the ringing in his ears. And uh, so he started this company called Sense360, and these guys, in a nutshell, basically take all of the uh, input sensors on a phone, all of the sensors. I think he said there are 11 sensors on the phone, uh, smartphones, um, and he basically is creating an API and an SDK to allow developers to take that and put it into their app so that it's not just about location. It's also about uh, speed and uh, actually, you know, he detects whether or not it's in your pocket or in your hand and light and all these things. The greatest thing about this is that, again, I don't have to explain it because we have Ellie on as our guest. I sat down with him a couple of weeks ago to get his, get his take on what Sense 360 is. Obviously, uh, an overview of what that. It's a much longer episode than we have time for here, but he is going to explain what Sense 360 is and why build it. And uh, you know, there's nobody better that can actually uh, do this than the guy who's in the middle of all of this. And it, it just, I, I have a huge amount of respect for Ellie. I love the guy. I loved him at Think Near. I love Think Near. And uh, what he's doing with Sense360, I can't, I, I hope that uh, he, um, you know, it's well received, but I'm sure it will be. The greatest thing about this, talk about the relationship. They announced a two and a half million dollar round uh, when, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Telenav, the company that he just left, Invested. In his company, that says a lot. What does that
2: say, right? I mean, the guy—the guy's just amazing. Uh, What they're doing is—is brilliant. I mean, we know that you know these sensors are are the future. We'll talk about uh, more—more you know—on the tail end of the show. But uh, yeah, congrats to Ellie on that. Uh, And uh, you know, Sense360, I think, uh, is—is going to be another big one.
0: Sense360.com, and stick around for the end of the show. Not the end of the show. The end of these stories, and you'll be able to hear uh, Ellie explain what Sense360 is in his own name. He's the guest this week. You go. What a guy.
2: What a guy. Anyway. Excellent. All right. Great. Our seventh story. Now, this is a,
0: I like these stories
2: because this is a story where two of the LBMA members are getting together and working together, right? And and I love when that happens. So this is Blue Byte uh, and Lamar uh, are teaming up. Lamar, the billboard company, Blue Byte, the uh, company that's kind of building mobile and, and uh, location technology on top of some of this billboard stuff. Um, and uh, we gotta come up with a
0: name though. Like you know, Brangelina. We gotta come up with a name. Like, <laughs> so you continue uh, the story. I will think of a name for them. Okay. Yeah. For okay. Okay. Carry. Carry. So
2: um, anyhow, so so these guys have teamed up. So you might know, BlueByte has a technology called MTag. We've talked about this way back when, um, and uh, ba- basically it incorporates uh, beacons, it incorporates NFC and and tap technology, uh, even QR. Uh, all, all in this sort of a package that you know out of home companies can kind of take advantage of and, and layer into their sort of digital out of home offerings. And so Lamar has basically said, yeah, we want this. we're we're gonna we're gonna package this into all the stuff that we're doing. And uh, you know basically our out of home is is now mobile optimized, uh, uh, you know leveraging these technologies. Uh, um, and they're starting with uh, four hundred and forty transit locations uh, in Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. Uh, is the starting point for this, um, and potentially up to twenty-five thousand locations, which is the, the full footprint across the U.S. and Canada. So, uh, a good start, a good partnership. I like when these things happen. Um, and uh, there you go, Lamar and Blue Bite teaming up.
0: Can I can I be honest with you there? Um, I didn't hear a word you said. I was really focusing exclusively on trying to figure out what their name was. Of course, it may, you were. It may have looked like I was actually. And you focusing. got it. What, what is it, Rob? Well, it's either it's either Blue Mar, which is lame because I just took Blue Mar, or. La bite or la blue?
2: I like labite.
0: La bite, okay. La bite it is.
2: La bite, yeah. So bite
0: lamar is labite. La bite. La <laughs> bite. <laughs> now can you tell me what the comp- the relationship is? No, I'm just joking. Yeah, no. I'll we're... listen to the episode.
2: Yeah. Now yeah. Smithsonian, Rob. Back to D.C.
0: Yeah, this is great. I, I've never been to the Smithsonian. I'm waiting until the space shuttle is there at the Smithsonian to bring to drag my family down. I think it's either this year or next year that it will be there, and then I'm going to spend basically a year going through the Smithsonian. I think that's exactly what it what it does take. But th- these are the kind of apps that I think uh, will help. You know, there is so much to learn around um, th- that museums can't really teach us as quickly as they want to, right? Because it costs money to create these huge, elaborate displays. And when you start to integrate new technology, there's a maintenance cost. So what do they do? Ah, skin and bones. It's an app for the Smithsonian Natural History Museum in Washington, D.C. And the app basically has a special way to see skeletons on display in the bone hall. I like how they've taken one little piece and they've done it. Uh, so it's basically you you download the application, you hold it over to certain displays, and it gives you a 3D, uh, um, 3D display timed with audio that actually show that skeleton in motion. So- the neck of the Anhinga is uniquely adapted for spearing fish. Powered by large muscles in front of the breast, the neck pivots on a special vertebra. When the muscles contract, the neck catapults the head forward. The long and sharp bill is an effective weapon that will pierce right through a fish you can look at the inner lives of animals like bats giant sea cows rattlesnakes and uh and a few others and they think about uh i think there's 31 displays or nine augmented reality uh experiences with 3d tracking there are two games uh with interactive musings along the way so you can keep up you learn a little bit the animal skills 32 videos that's it. 32 videos can take you around the world from the congo to the arctic to the amazon with the scientists and um, some of the most interesting animals from those areas, and the audio mix, which is apparently phenomenal, uh, so you put your headphones on and it basically walks you through um, how these things live and eat, and it gives you the sounds that it, that these animals would have made, or you know, or uh, what was in their habitat. Uh, this is actually pretty amazing, and uh, it took two years to develop and was made possible from a grant by Booz Allen Hamilton. Uh, this is the kind of stuff; these kind of interactive displays make. Museums rock you know, right and I think that uh you know this is obviously obviously the Smithsonian is behind all of this, of course, because they are what I mean I would consider them the museum right the, the museums, so this is something called skin and bones Love it. I mean,
2: I mean who wouldn't want to experience a museum and you know with, with that kind of rich uh, rich media and detail uh and and a learning experience that you know that comes with that I mean it's amazing it's
0: awesome,
2: yeah. All right. I wish I, was a kid.
0: I wish I was a kid now, today, because yeah. you, you know, I always worry about this. We've had this conversation. I do have to tell my kids that that isn't really Spider Man and that Superman isn't real and he can't fly, right? Because it's so real today that you have to be able to, you can't judge. At least back in the day, it didn't look as real, right? So, yeah. you, But now. You questioned. I, yeah, so now as a kid, learning this stuff from these devices, having this kind of reach and ability is uh, is amazing. So I wish I was a kid at this stage. Because I, I just I think that imagination, my imagination would I just be swelling. I think we're kids, Rob. I, I, I,
2: I feel like we're still kids. Yeah. I mean, even though I just got older, but, you know, I still feel like I'm a kid. It's true, Asif. It's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: All right. All right. We're kids. Number nine. We're kids. Good. We're kids. So, so I can suck
0: my thumb. It's fine if I suck my thumb on the camera. Okay, it's good. It's okay. good,
2: Rob. I won't say anything. <laughs> all, right. Um, all right. So just the other week, we were talking about the uh, demise of SoftCard. Uh, the former ISIS uh, carrier consortium payments platform in the US uh, was downsizing, they say, uh, consolidating down to two offices, uh, but they were still alive and well and wasn't. they weren't going anywhere. They were just kind of uh, battening down the hatches and kind of uh, refocusing with the message. Well, here we are, you know, uh, just over a week later, and uh, the message has changed yet again. And we hear that uh, our good friends at Google uh, are uh, trying to acquire uh, SoftCard at the moment. Now, this hasn't happened yet, but uh, all signs and rumors, TechCrunch, VentureBeat, all these guys are saying Mm -hmm. uh, they have it on good authority that Google is, in fact, buying SoftCard. Uh, the numbers nobody really knows. One of the one of the rumored numbers was a hundred million dollars, um, which you, you know doesn't seem like a lot in today's day and age for something like this. I have a feeling that it's, it may even be less than that. Um, and and I don't even really know what they're buying. I, there there are some <laughs> patent applications that Softcard had filed uh, have yet to be granted. There may be some some people over there that are uh, worthwhile. You could do an aqua hire um, but at the end of the day, it's uh, it's really I guess you know if you're Google or anybody else, you know it's it's a chance to uh, to do something nice uh, and to uh, <laughs> to to you know establish some good relationships with the mobile operators, some goodwill with the mobile operators. How about that?
0: Well, you know uh, they were the ones who blocked Google, right? They said, yeah, over our dead body would Google ever Google Wallet ever be allowed on on uh, yeah. on our networks? Yeah. So so you know it's a chance for a little
2: bit of healing, goodwill. <laughs> Uh, to happen, I think something along those lines. Uh, but needless to say, soft card as we've known it, I think we can say it's dead.
0: It's done. You know, in Lake Placid, uh, it was the only place that I ever saw a uh, an ISIS machine back before ISIS. Mm. Uh, you know, and uh, they um, they're gone. So these were vending machines that did Coca Cola products, and and uh, they were re- removed. They were not there when I went back this year. So um, yeah. you know, the with with Google buying. Rumored to be buying soft card. Uh, you know, I've read some conflicting articles saying that obviously this is a good thing for Google because it has the, you know, you, you they get access to all these carriers. But I don't, uh, that's the good thing. The flip side is that they're saying that. Everybody's saying that it still can't compete against Apple because Apple owns the stack. And I think that yeah. that's one of these things that is just so forgotten here is that Apple, you know, mm-hmm. they only have one line of devices, right, all on operating on iOS, and they, they own the stack. So that means they own the hardware, they own the software, they own the app ecosystem. They own everything that goes onto that device pretty much. And they're the gatekeeper for everything else that people want to put on that device, i.e. apps. And And one of the things that they just have such a huge advantage over is that. And and yeah. so they can say you know it, it comes with the device and what Android can't do what Google can't do is say hey it comes with Android because it's an open it's an open source operating system, so the biggest challenge is that Go- this may not move the needle for Google at all because Google is is open. And Apple is closed. Isn't that ironic that Apple will dominate because of its closed environment? Uh,
2: yeah, completely agree with that. Yeah. And and like I said, all I see here is some goodwill and some <laughs> you know, healing of the relationships with the with the mobile operators, which you know Google Google needs for other things anyway. So Exactly. There you go.
0: I think it's a it's a small play a in Google's out. master plan. Exactly. Because on the other side, now Google is gonna put fiber to the home and kill off all the other carrier business. So they have there to have at least have a good relationship on this side. Yeah. All right. So Google are they buying soft card hmm we'll see you go all right our 10th story our 10th and final story is around shazam that company that i was confused about but now i love again and i'm confused about i told you rob was a good company yes well it it is a good company we've always thought that 500 million downloads 100 million monthly active use users and uh, they are now integrating uh with uh gimbal and their SDK on uh, context and awareness. And basically Gimbal is the uh, beacon manufacturer and so much more. Uh, They put the smarts in the beacons as well as deploy the beacons. And so now uh, what ends up happening is users can use Shazam to examine nearby beacons and get content based on what's surrounding them, what's near them. So this is contextualized Shazamming. And I think this plays really well into the olden days. I see if maybe two or three years ago we talked about, we always bring it up, which is angry birds and unlocking levels inside of a Starbucks. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is this is along that line, isn't it, where we're talking about being able to launch Shazam in a specific location. Uh, bounce off a beacon and get some benefit or some perk. Isn't that what we're talking about here?
2: Absolutely agree. This this is all about. Uh, I mean, in some respects, a little bit like what we talked about. You know, sort of Snapchat being enabled when you're yep. near a beacon. You know, this this is really about. You know, how do, how do we deliver content when we know you're in proximity of one of these things and, and we can connect to it and and uh, you know and and then deliver an experience around that. So you know, whether that's a music uh, you know piece, for, uh, song recommendation from Shazam. Or RDO or somebody like that, or you know, it's a uh, you know, it's a coupon delivered over Snapchat because you, we know you're near the beacon and, we, and it's proximity that, that we care about. You know, all of these things are starting to happen, right? And, and I think that's where you know, there, there's a big opportunity for merchants to to take advantage of this stuff and and truly create you know, sort of location-specific experiences that you know, the beacons are just there as a as a sensor.
0: Yes. I agree, but you know, I, th- I don't think that uh, Shazam can limit themselves to gimbal. They, I mean, Estimote no, is no. another is another group that they have to be a, a part of. Like it has to be, like I, I think of Shazam as a universal advertising layer, right, and marketing layer across yep. all of these things, right. And and it just seems it's very interesting to me that that a company like Shazam that uses the airwaves. Right? So this is where I get a little confused. So I, I can Shazam anything. I can Shazam a commercial on television. I can Shazam a song on the radio. I can Shazam anything. I'm in a mall. I can Shazam a television show. It'll tell me what television show it is. Right. So it's kind of like the universal airwave company. And now with the relationship with gimbal and maybe other beacons, they're, they're tying into hardware specific things. And, and you know what I mean? Like they're they're, they're It's an infrastructure mm-hmm. that they're tying into. Not so much the airwaves, which is interesting to me because, you know, I love them because it was free. Right. the the possibilities were endless they didn't rely on anything other than the the sound that was emanating from something and your location and the time of day right and that is just kind of easy to do so now they're tying into gimbal and uh, now hopefully they maybe they'll tie into other beacons it just seems it's 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 I think it's a good play but it's odd to me because I could be in Starbucks and I could be playing a soundtrack in Starbucks radio which is what they have right and and just using shazam i can get the same kind of feedback and i can get the same kind of push notification or uh you know or coupon or whatever it might be and so i it's a weird thing for me because i love the airwave piece right i love the fact that it was Mm -hmm. free and uh, now they're moving into to hardware. Maybe I'm a little off, but it just it's it's a big move. This is a big move by by Shazam. Yeah,
2: I, for for me, it, it just echoes the whole conversation around the beacon movement. Which, as I said, I, I think I don't know if it was last week or the week before now, but you know, this whole idea that you know having beacons that can only talk to one to the merchant's yeah. branded app, you know, it, it doesn't make sense, right? It needs to talk to. Third-party apps that we we already have on our devices, whether it's Snapchat or it's Shazam or it's yep. Blackberry's Messenger or whatever it is, uh, you're going to start to see a lot of these things uh, over the. You know, that's a that's going to be a big big thing. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if every two three weeks we're on here talking about another Shazam-like thing that we all have on our phone already that is now you know talking to a beacon.
0: Well, that's what uh, I mean. HBC Lord and Taylor in the states. Yeah. That's what Ryan Craver did, right? Is that they uh, HBC in Canada? Um, when they deployed beacons up here, they used the HBC app. But in these states, they use third-party applications. Yeah, with Swirl. And uh, yeah. and so third-party apps would, would that is is the right strategy to to gain adoption for, for sure. So um, yeah, it's only it's a trend that we're seeing. Just you know, Shazam was always the thing that was the potential that didn't need any outside intervention, and uh, but I, I welcome this. I welcome this you they know. have to be they have to unify all beacons though that's that's the thing and then there's tremendous value then they then shazam owns the world man and then then your prediction will come true <laughs> okay all right all right those man the top 10 stories nailed done finished Capute. they were great stories i love them um i always love them because there's always some that are controversial there's some that are just amazing mm-hmm. amazing amazing and there you have our top 10 stories. Um, and, of course, one of those stories was about Sense360. And Sense360 is the new startup by Eli Portnoy, who is uh, was the uh, co- one of the co-founders of a company called Thinknear, which is our sponsor here. And he left a number of months ago to go and launch this thing called Sense360. Should we just jump right into uh, what is? Let's uh, what hear from the man himself. So here is Eli Portnoy. I sat down with him to hear about what Sense360 is. And so, Ellie, take it away, man. Um, So you're in your offices, your new offices in L.A. Is that right?
3: Yeah, these are brand new. We moved in last week. Last (laughs) week? We got internet yesterday.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So what did you do between last week and no internet? Like, that's a significant amount of time. Just go home? That is, right? Yeah, Yeah, basically.
3: No, We had a couple of those portable hotspots. It was actually not so bad. It was not so bad. Well, uh,
0: so this is the new startup, Sense Three Sixty. Uh, why don't Why don't you start there? What What is Sense Three Sixty? And then I want to understand. You know, I want to just give a, spend a few minutes on that transition from ThinkNear.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. So Sense Three Sixty. What we're doing is we're looking at all of the different sensors on a phone. So most smartphones today have between eleven and fourteen different sensors, and each of those sensors tells a little bit of contextual um, or paints a little bit of a contextual story about what you're doing, where you are, what's happening around you. And so we want to combine all the data from all those different sensors to give app developers a really contextual 360-degree view so that they can build more personalized experiences.
0: Do you have one quick example of something that you you would hope that a developer would do or because of what you're doing, a developer could do?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So at um, ThinkNear, a lot of what we were spending our time on was how do you use location to figure out where someone is? Because if you know where they are, then you can do a better job of showing them content that resonates with them. Well, location is just one of the things you can do. And so we're, we're looking at location and activity. And so is the person driving in New York when it's raining? So driving would be an example of um an activity or is the person sitting down with their phone in their pocket or out of their pocket? Are they at home or at work? So there are all these different, um, cases. And if you do that and you start personalizing the content and the experience that you provide users, then you can get to some really cool and interesting use cases.
0: One of Chuck Barton's biggest complaint is, is that when he has like a shopping app, uh, right, um, and he he uh, he may have passed within a proximity uh, of a store that has a deal on, uh, and he gets a notification, which is which is exactly what it's supposed to do. But the, the problem is is that he's going eighty miles an hour down the highway, right? And the, and it's not relevant to him at that moment. Uh, you know how how can you how can you help with that? How how can what you're doing with Sense Sense three hundred and sixty help with that?
3: Yeah, that is the perfect example of of how using multiple sensors helps because yes you're right location is one piece of context but if you don't have the other context which is what is chuck doing at that very moment you could totally mess it up (laughs) and but if you use that if you use the accelerometer it's actually not that hard to know if a person is driving or not and so if you could tell that the person was driving you don't alert them and if you know that they're actually in the store that's helpful but then you can use other sensors to figure out are they actually in the store itself or are they just near it and do different things. Maybe if they're in it, you show a bigger discount, a lower discount. If they're not, you, all of a sudden you're contextualizing further, then maybe you figure out if the phone is in their pocket or not. Then you figure out if they're strolling at a fast pace or if they're circling. You, you can do all sorts wow. of different things. And, and that's that to me is like, I feel like using location to power an app experience is step one. Using a, a second sensor is to, it, it just step three. And every sensor you add just tells you a little bit more about that. that Three hundred and sixty degree view, and all of a sudden you start building some incredibly powerful experiences that are just you know ten steps ahead of where we are right now,
0: and and that's what you guys are building now. Now, what's the difference between say uh, dark sky uh, pushing you a, a a note about the weather change and and traditional uh, notifications, right? So I mean there is there is a difference between what what people have as notifications when they get, say, a text message or they walk past a store and they get a, a, a ping for a sale and something like what Dark Sky is doing about notifying you that there's, uh, you know, a, a typhoon on the way, right? But there is a subtle difference between those kinds of notifications, right?
3: There absolutely is. I think the the big difference is that when people think about notifications right now and I think the, the visceral reaction people have to them is that they're not targeted. They're basically the way most people most of the push notifications are triggered are based on what you've done in the app. So you haven't been in my apps in seven days. I'm going to send you a notification. No, that's helpful to you. That's not helpful to me. <laughs> um, which is, I think the big problem, it's the marketing channel. Whereas what dark sky is doing is it's saying, where are you, what's happening around you? Why do we care about, why would you care about the weather? Oh, you do care about the weather. Here's some information. And so it, it they're switching it from a um, marketing play to an engagement play and that that I think is really important so they're starting with the consumer and ending with the notification rather than starting with the um, marketing and ending with the notification and I, th- I think that's a big difference that is
0: Ellie Portnoy of sense 360 I always want to say think near but it's sense 360 go to sense 360.com that whole episode that whole episode, with which we talk a bunch of, about a bunch of things, not only about Sense360, but the need around these sensors, the world that we're living in, and part of it is going to be coming up in our conversation, our big story, in a few minutes. But you can find out so much more about what he's doing and his thought process, and it's just amazing. Uh, that episode will be up in a number of weeks. You can sign up at untether.tv to be notified when that episode goes live. Go and do it, untether.tv. Ellie, buddy, if you're listening to this, thanks for coming on. Thanks for allowing us to use that clip. And thank you for being a part of Untethered TV and this week in location-based marketing. And good luck, my friend. We all are rooting for you, of course. The whole world is rooting for Ellie Portnoy right now. Right now. At this moment. All right, uh, before we uh, get into our big story, i, I got to bring this up very quickly, which is the three ways that you can actually support the show. I got some great comments when I was in Austin <laughs> saying, listen, you know what? I love the way you do this, um, but I'm a little afraid to ask you about sponsorship dollars because you always make it sound like it's a giant amount of money. And, you know, trust me, it is. It's an insane amount of money. I am not <laughs> lying. It is a crap load of money. Uh, but I'm willing to give you a 50% discount on that crap load of money. So instead of a million bucks, it's half a million dollars, you can reach me. If you want to reach our readership, our, 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 our viewers, you can do it. It's it's pretty easy. You just come to me. You get an ad like ThinkMeer. That's a great ad. The sequence of ads are amazing. Uh, so you can reach out to me, TV, to gain sponsorship and gain access. I'm the gatekeeper there. All it takes is a big freaking check. That's it. A big check. And you were, in, you, were, you were here instead of my voice. But if you can't afford that, of course, you can just go to patreon.com forward slash untether. Sponsor this show. I'm trying to bring on some new hosts. Part of that process is getting enough money, recurring every month to be able to do that so that we can bring on some new hosts, have some new voices, bring on some new stuff that doesn't involve me. Grow on tether.tv. Grow this week in location-based marketing. If you support us, we can do that. Who knows what the shows will be?
2: Who knows? And and you know what? We we love these supporters. We love these Patreons. In fact, I heard from one of these Patreons this week, Rob.
0: Oh.
2: Yeah, I I did. Lorenzo. Lorenzo Lorenzo Cardelli uh, from Italy uh, uh, reached out to me this week and he said uh, hey I, I'm
0: not getting I'm not getting enough value <laughs> out of my money Is no no good?
2: he's a, he's a big fan he loves the show uh, he's a patreon of the show so thank you Lorenzo for Lorenzo. that uh, in fact I'm gonna I'm gonna be speaking to Lorenzo later this week. Uh, and chatting about the Italian market and see what's going on there. Yep. And uh looking forward to that. So uh thank you for supporting us. We we really appreciate it. And and if you become a patron, you know,
0: we'll thank you too. Oh my
2: god, so Lorenzo.
0: We'll give you hugs. God, god love Lorenzo. I'm just going to go to Italy just 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 to go and thank him.
2: Oh my You know what? though? And talking about hugs, okay? So so my son who's like, you know, he he he's the uh he's the younger one of the two. Uh, my yes. daughter, my daughter's the older one. My and my son is like you know he's he's this little like um, I, I don't know how to describe him. He like my, she's the athlete and he's sort of the sensitive you know <laughs> one, right? And, yes. and uh, you know so he loves hugs and cuddles and da da da. da. And, <laughs> yeah. and today you know what, he comes up to me and he goes, look, Dad, you know if if you're if you're not you know if you, if you're not working at the LBMA anymore, I've got a job for you. I said, what is it? He goes, you can come work for Cuddles Incorporated. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and i'm like
2: okay thanks matt thank you i'm good to know that uh, that i'm taken care of when i'm done with the lbma
0: cuddles incorporated dude you have just <laughs> named this episode <laughs> i love it cuddles incorporated yeah oh my god eight years old already yeah. an entrepreneur yeah oh the heartbreak he will feel <laughs> Cuddles Incorporated. Although, I don't know, you know where he
2: came up with that. He's just like out of his mouth, you know.
0: It's probably got a better business model than untethered.tv. So I'm in. Tell him I'm in. Know. Yep. I can hug. So, anyhow. All right. So you can hug. You can get a hug by going to patreon.com forward slash untether. Uh, or we will all be working for Cuddles Incorporated. And I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I don't know. Or, of course, you can actually just pay us back in karma, good karma. Go wherever you found this episode, wherever you downloaded this, wherever you're watching this, share it, spread the word through the social medias of the world. You can also give us a star rating on uh, any of the podcast uh, networks like iTunes, et cetera, or Stitcher. And uh, just give us a five-star and leave a comment. Take a screen capture of that comment. Send it to us by email, robotontether.tv or cfatthelbma.com. And we'll read it out here. We will thank you personally. If you don't want to, just let us know that you actually reviewed it because there's so many different stores. This uh, this, um, show is actually listened to in 135 countries. We can't get to every one of the iTunes stores. So please, if you have left us a review, send it to us anyways and let us know if you'd like us to read it or not. But we would love to hear from you all out there, please. And if you'd like to leave us any voicemail, if you have a question, you can just go to untether.tv forward slash talk. Untether.tv forward slash talk, and you can leave us a 30 second voicemail and we will respond to that uh, or play it here on the show. All right. Done. There you go. Done. All right. Our big story here is Steve: the, the need for more input or more sensors. All the stories that we talked about from Shazam, we talked about uh, the ability to uh, Shazam a beacon basically and get information from it. We talked about the Smithsonian uh, with their new Skin and Bones application. We talked about Sense 360 and all the sensors that they're going to start to use from the smartphone. We talked about uh, not Bud Light that has nothing to do with sensors, although sensory depra- de- de- you know you lose your your ability to sense after a couple of beers, especially 100 cases. Uh, and uh, shop X giving away a million beacons, like this is crazy. Like all of a sudden, we're talking about sensors everywhere in the pavement around us, in our glasses, in our watches, in our smartphones, and uh, and this is an absolute boon for for everything. But one of the things that always comes up is that, you know, when you're building your strategy around all of these things, you know, you cannot rely. And I think that's the biggest thing that people are realizing: you cannot rely on a single input mechanism. So while we sit here and we talk about location aware everything around marketing mm-hmm. the, the thing that really cements it location is the umbrella that everything that where it starts like if i am here now what time of day is it right and am i in motion and am I, is my phone in my pocket or in my hand right and i think that right. this is where you start to get that granularity location is the gateway but now it's about all these other sensors that you have to learn to bring into your business so that you can actually push the right message to the right person at the right time. We've talked about it forever, but now these sensors are emerging, and it is so important that you you know you don't live by one sense. You shouldn't live by one sensor. Right?
2: Great, great line, Rob. I like that. Boom. I like that. Yes. Yeah. I'm out. Very sir. good. You should patent that, Rob. That's I just forgot
0: that's... what I said. It's a good thing yeah. we're filming this.
2: Yeah. Yes. You don't live by one sense. You shouldn't live by one sensor. I like that. Boom. That's that's good. Wow. <laughs> um, it takes forty-eight you minutes. See, to get you to see this. the quality of stuff you get on this show. So I mean, true. come on you know, So come true. On. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have to concur with all of that. I mean, it's uh, it, it's been a frustration point for me over the over the last you know four years we've been talking about this stuff, and you know a number of times I've talked about. You know, you know, from an advertising point of view, the lack of uh, ability or the lack of, you know, utilization of all these sensors by by advertisers. You know, this the the, the, the stupidity of simply taking a banner ad from web and shrinking it down, and sticking it on a phone, and expecting that people are going to you know uh, you know feel like that's a good experience. You know, if you want good experiences, you have to leverage these sensors. And and you know, Ellie talks about the eleven sensors, but you yeah. know. There, there are things in there that you know that just just scream for uh, you know uh, advertising uh, experience, right? You know, you know, you, t- you know, accelerometers, magnometers, uh, barometric uh, sensors. I can tell you what height somebody's at. Um, you know the all these kinds of things that, that we talk about, and you know, and one of the companies that uh, obviously I talked about in our prediction show that Attyle. I think is going to be a company Attyle. is Adtile, Adtile, right? I mean, these guys, you know, they've been doing this for a couple of years around motion in particular, right? And leveraging, you know, uh, the accelerometer and the compass and some of these kinds of things and that, are, that are in that device and combining that with location data, right? And I think, as you said, I mean, we're, you know, whatever's going on, you're in a place. It starts with location. That's the big sort of bucket, right? That, that all of this or container uh, you know that uh, that we sit in. You know um, that we have to figure out. That's the location piece, right? And Aristotle, you know, you know, if, you know, you, you might remember, Rob, at at your conference, I talked about this idea that Aristotle talked. You know, had this framework of what he called a container is the place, is the location, um, and and that you know how bodies and things and sensors interact within this giant container is really what it's all about. Those are the relationships that we care about um and 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 I think that you know that's the kind of thinking that that we have to have now as advertisers as marketers as we understand what these sensors can do for us um and, it, and it's really interesting um you know when you, when you see it from that point of view so yeah i mean AdTile, sense 360 you know, uh, inputs that are coming from, you know, these Google Glass and Oculus Rifts and hollow lenses of the world, you know, all that kind of stuff is, is going to feed into, you know, delivering some sort of context to, to what we get, um, you know, from, from the device that, that we're leveraging in a particular location.
0: Well, even tying into what Microsoft's patent, right, the inconspicuous mode where you start, yeah. to, where you start to think about, you know, the early promise of Bluetooth uh, w- way back in the day was the, the uh, almost inconspicuous mode, right? So having, uh, having Bluetooth sensors around a movie theater that would automatically shut your phone down or go into vibrate mode, right? And yep. that's what we're talking about with inconspicuous mode. And, and I think that, you know, the world is gonna be full of those sensors where it, Microsoft gets it. They'll look at your calendar, they'll look at your location, they'll look at the time of the day, they'll do all these things to say, okay, let's make a better judgment about how we set these, do the adjustments and settings for your phone. And I think that that goes beyond that, but that's a, that's a very good start. And yeah. I, I'm reminded, uh, you know, in Lake Placid this weekend, we always go to this little restaurant called The Cottage. It's on, uh, you know, just a little bit off the Main Strip, right on Mirror Lake, which is the lake that basically uh, the, the village of Lake Placid surrounds. I've never seen it. It's beautiful. And so there's a little cottage. It's, it maybe seats 40 people. It's a tiny little place. It's a beautiful little venue. Um, and, and they have this sign that when you walk in, it says no cell phones. Right? So they say, like, no cell phones. It's just no cell phones. Nobody listens to it. But here's a perfect example of a bunch of sensors in there, location-aware, shutting down the device. You know, uh, there, there's there's opportunity everywhere to enhance people's yes. experiences with these things. But location just doesn't cut it. It just doesn't cut it. So I think that, you know, we, we had lots of conversations while we were in Austin around this concept of, of leveraging multiple sensors. And if you're not doing that, and if you're not considering it, you, that's basically the thesis of this show, you know. For all of our episodes, all 218 episodes is about we've been talking about these services that enable you to get a granular look at your customer. So whether it's bite light, right, about sensors in the lights or Bluetooth uh, beacons sitting on walls or anything along those lines or, or accelerometers, as Asifa said, uh, you know, and, and what Ellie said in in this uh, this episode that I did with them is is you know. We, we want to know whether the phone, it, it's not good enough to know that the phone is in the store at three o'clock. We want right. to know if the phone is at the store stopped at three o'clock. And even better yet, we want to know if the phone is in the store stopped and out of your pocket at three o'clock. There, right? That is what you should be aiming for at all times. And it starts with location. But that is not the end, and I think that we're starting Absolutely to see not. that. You have to see yeah. that now, please see that now, please. If not, Asif, I'm out, I quit. We haven't done a good enough job. But sensors are <laughs> everywhere. You got to start leveraging every sensor you can, not going overboard. You don't need all eleven, but you need more than one. Is that about you right? got
2: it. You got to you got to start using sensors, people. Get sensors. On it. Sensors. Uh, it starts with location. It's the container, as Aristotle says, but you know it goes from there.
0: Aristotle says. And what Aristotle,
2: he- like, come on, the guy was talking about this stuff. You know, we, we've we been only talking about this stuff for four years on this show. How? I, I mean, yeah, so sad. He eh? was so,
0: you know, all these smart people that were just catching up these people up to him. knew
2: about this stuff long before anybody else. wrote So that's uh,
0: I, uh, yeah. absolutely. I love the guys who who since the eighties been talking about what we're talking about now. Right. So thirty years they've been talking about this stuff. Where they predicted in 30, you know this is what it's going to be like. And and in the eighties nobody was thinking like that. Those guys are pure geniuses. And maybe Aristotle's a little older, but uh, pure genius. All right, that that is the show. That is it, our big story. We just got one big story because it's huge. The need for more input. You've got to use these sensors, of course. We've got our top ten stories of the week that are just killer stories. We had Ellie Portnoy on as our guest and a feature story story. We actually had a, a drop in guest in in Chuck Martin who talked about ShopX's one yeah. million beacon giveaway. I don't know what else you can I don't know what else you can want out of the show. It's it little bit of humor that's it we got it. become a patron though you can become a patreon and and i'd be remiss if i didn't mention that that while we were in austin asif um you celebrated a milestone which was a birthday it wasn't like a birthday like you're not you, you didn't turn 30 you know you're 29 again um but i managed to capture a little bit of that on tape so why don't we just yeah we're gonna send this out with a little bit of happy oh, birthday to asif it was 42 right is it 42nd birthday thank you rob yeah yes you don't eat. look a day beyond 30 my friend uh you do not look i think you sleep in a hyperbaric chamber in an oxygen chamber or something like that you you and I don't bruce know about that. I, I, yeah ageless but a bunch of people got together uh on your birthday and uh and chipped in to buy you a single piece of cheesecake and here let's end the show <laughs> with with everybody trying yeah. desperately to sing happy birthday to a my man we'll see you next week for episode number 219 uh, everybody else out there, thanks for tuning in and uh, yeah. sing along if you know the words to this. Asif, see you, buddy.